0: All right. Hey, good Monday. It's I'm Miller here from Warrior Concepts. Welcome to this week's episode of Kuden, the podcast for us cool cats. Uh, well, you know, for, for those of us who keep uh, doing this thing, right? Anyway, <laughs> you're now a member of the Cool Cats Club. Anyway, um, episode 170. Holy shit, what is wrong with us? I well I don't know. We're we're not at a thousand and one seventy, so my competitive nature is always doing its thing. Anyway, people keep telling me that they're getting something out of this, so we might as well keep on going, right? Anyway, um let's continue on, right? Uh I'm kind of on a self defense mentality uh kick at the moment because we just kicked off, yes, pun intended, we just kicked off um a relaunch of uh one part of our uh distance learning program <clears throat> which will take somebody all the way to i don't know what do we have now up to fourth degree black belt uh something like that you got to come in local you got to come in locally or have me come in for a seminar or whatever for me to bash you in the head or try to anyway so you can pass your fifth degree test but uh but anyway um so uh the, the whole first module in our distance learning program is focused on uh, the 95 to 98 percent of attacks that happen every day. So uh, that's where we are. Right. But there's this huge, huge thing that I'm, I'm constantly having to reiterate. Right. It doesn't matter if I'm uh, talking to a group of uh, folks that are interested in self-defense. If I'm trying to stave off having an argument or some kind of, I don't know, just. Some kind of weird ass moment with people that don't know the difference and want to keep asserting that, uh, you know, fighter, fighter, fighting is the only way to go about doing things. Uh, or I'm in my guise as a corporate workplace, uh, violence consultant and I have to make sure that everyone's clear that what we're talking about, right, is self-defense, self-protection, survival, right? getting through a violent situation and not you know creating a counterattack or something like that right although we use terms like that um I'm really really careful in how we define things so what we're going to talk about during this episode is this fight uh, or fighter or is it fighter versus self-defense mentality? So we're going to talk about that. I've got a list on both sides that kind of counterbalance each other out. Uh, I have something from the University of Michigan Law Center that kind of goes into it a little bit more. And um, uh, I plan on also discussing uh, some, some things that uh, I, I don't have names at the moment. I, I had a name earlier. I'll, I'll make a reference to him. I, I know – what he tried to achieve and now he teaches self-defense. Well, actually he teaches both. Um, I, unfortunately, I, I don't remember the name at the moment. I had it earlier and then James got, <laughs> I got caught up in our busy day and now I don't remember it. But anyway, we'll talk about um, uh, some perspectives from fighters who have become self-defense instructors and they actually te- teach both groups uh, and they're very, very clear. They understand the difference between the two. But we also want to take a look at um, what's probably not self-defense as well. And again, from a legal perspective, I'm not a lawyer. So this is just based on research and my understanding as an ex-federal cop uh, and being in that realm for a while. So don't take anything I say as legal advice. It's just information. Your job is to go look it up in your particular uh, circumstances. Right. That being said, we'll talk about more of this after we officially get started so uh, yeah let's do that so the big question is this how are self-defense and success-minded people like us concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves our loved ones and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world how do we train in a way that gives us the skills knowledge and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. You know what? I should just play that again, because I think I did a pretty good job of summing it up in the whole intro. Well, this episode's over. Sure. See you next week, guys. Anyway, all right. Um, so, uh fighter versus uh self-defense mentalities. Um I'm going to bring James on. James, you were in the uh martial arts fighter realm for a while. Um, as a matter of fact, last week, James was on vacation, last part of last week, and we had somebody stop in at the academy. Uh Taekwondo practitioner just won nationals, North America. I don't know, something like that. Right. And is now has a, has a, has a site set on world, which is great. Uh one of my long distance guys, uh Michael Weingartz, uh back in twenty ten, won I think world um in was it Spain or Portugal, I think. I think it was Portugal. Um so uh um, you know, I'm I'm all for people that, you know, want to go and compete and do things and all that. It's not me. That's not part of my um my makeup. But he came in and he was looking for a place to train, not Not for me to teach, not for any, he's not looking to learn from anybody. Um, he's looking for a gym that he can practice in a couple hours, a couple of days a week, um, rent it out, that kind of thing. Um, and so that's his focus, right? I mean, he, you know, he is going to voluntarily get in the ring and knock somebody else around and get knocked around, um, to win or to potentially win this, this big thing right so um anyway that it's kind of coincidental because it came right on the heels of uh somebody had I mean I people send me stuff all the time to review ask me what I think um, sometimes I think I don't want to answer that's that's what I think <laughs> but um they had sent me some uh, a video and then I followed a, a little bit, so these things now pop up on my on my YouTube and and all those kind of things. Um, but there is a a fighter again. I can't remember his name. He's much older now, so I, I don't know the timeline because I didn't look it up. Um, but uh, he's now teaching little self defense moves and tips and things like that online, just like I do. And but the one uh, that I had seen. It's very, very adamant. I mean, very, very adamant, very serious about people understanding the difference. Right. So when I say it, you know, who knows? Just some fat old white bald guy. Who knows? Um, uh, but uh, maybe they'll take him more seriously. I hope. I hope I hope we sink into the right people because this guy is a gym. And during the video, it was a a pretty long video, 10, 15 minutes, something like that, which is like forever for a lot of folks, right? Because they're just binge watching TikTok and YouTube shorts and whatever. But um, during his explanation, he kept, you know, talking about fighters, talking about self-defense. And when he was referencing fighters, he would point across the gym. Now, you couldn't see it. He was zoomed in on this little classroom area that he was using, but he was pointing across the gym And he was making reference to the fact that he trains fighters for these events, right? Uh, he's a, was a boxer. Uh, I guess still is, but not professionally anymore. And so, um, again, he kept making these huge differences and he was very, very serious. He just kept telling people like, you need to get this hammered into your friggin' head because if you're, if you're training for the, for the wrong thing, if you're if you're going about it using the wrong process, um, you're going to find yourself in a world of hurt, like, you know, a self-defense situation, you're going to do whatever you can to get the hell out of there. Right. And that's that's at the crux of things. But for a fighter. Right. You train constantly. Right. For that big fight. Right. Again, that's just one uh, on a list that I have here. But um, he he shared his story, right? Again, if anybody knows who's this, who this is and you can pop it on, that'd be great. He's probably about my age. Um, and he, uh, like I said, black, older guy. I can't remember where he's from. But he trained, you know, his, his story is he trained like hell to get on the U.S. Olympic boxing team right? It was a couple of years ago. I think he said he trained for three or four years straight, like constantly, um, and, uh, made the team, right? Went, did all that training, all that hard work, all that sacrifice, everything to come in fourth, right? Um, because, you know, it's a contest. You're you're, going to be placed, right? Based on, right? Um, And while there's a risk of injury, of course, right? You're in a fight, right? You get your head hit and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, It's still not the same, right? Your hands are wrapped up in gloves and there's just, there's things you're allowed to do, not allowed to do, all that, right? But um, again, you know, and there's, there's a lot of examples like him out there, right? Uh, A lot of them have similar backgrounds to me. They're, ex-feds or ex, uh, you know, cops that have that real world experience. And a lot of us, um, we don't match most people's idea of what a fighter looks like, right? We're not young. We're not 20-something, six-pack abs, big old biceps, whatever. Um, We're just a family guy, right, looking to protect ourselves, keep ourselves in the world and protect our families. Right. So we look different. OK. And we get that a lot. Right, James? We we get a lot from the, the people that uh, say, I, you know, I can't take you seriously because you got a gut. You ca- I can't take you seriously because uh, your uniform pants uh, are ripped. Um, well, I train a lot. So I <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, can't take you seriously because it doesn't look like you took the price tags off of your belt or your pants. Right. Except that those quote-unquote price tags are called Omomori in Japanese, right? They're blessings um, that uh, I got for donations to. Uh, one was to a shrine on Togakushi Mountain, uh, where one of our of the oldest ninja lineage that's in the Bujinkan uh, came from, and it's a uh, protective uh, amulet kind of thing. And the other one, uh came from where'd that one come from came from a temple called Kyomizu in Kyoto. As a matter of fact, it's uh one of the sites where the movie The Last Samurai with um what's his name? Um don't tell me, I know this. Uh Tom Cruise, right, was in. And um it's another one. It's a it's a well wishes kind of thing. And so I keep them with me because to me it's good juju. Right, but that's a really good example of someone who has no idea what they're looking at, making an assumption based on their experience, based on their knowledge level, and then running off at the mouth right uh if you If you follow me on facebook uh, i I shared a, a meme it was a quote uh, was it last week, James? it was um was it i can't remember the guy's name now it wasn't it huxley um i don't know anyway uh basically what he said was uh the report from a less educated man about something that a clever or more intelligent person says uh is always going to be flawed because he's going to translate what he heard or saw or learned, based on what he can understand, right? And again, I think I made a reference to this. Did I make a reference last QDent? I don't know how many. We just added another virtual class and uh, all kinds of things. So, um, uh, I mean, it's you know, I, I, when when I look back at my notes, I have notes all the way back to when I started in this art. Uh, in what did I do that, James? 1980. Right. Um And so as a white belt. Right. And here I've got upper level black belts. Right. And then eventually Japanese master teachers and Hatsumi sensei. So I look at those notes and like there's so much missing and there's so much that's not it. Now I can go back and I can look at and see what's being hinted at. But um I, I have to I have to make changes and, and things like that because what I'm looking at are the notes of a younger me, right? A beginner student trying to translate a lesson that he heard or a demonstration of a technique that he saw by somebody who knows, who, who knew even at the time who knew not just more, but knew about things that that younger me had no idea that he didn't know he didn't know, right? It was just so far outside my perspective that I could only write down what I saw. And when we all understand this, when we're trying to, to attain to mastery or when we're thinking about or dismissing the idea of getting a teacher, right? We need to remember that, right? Um, do it yourselfers always believe that they can do it themselves. Okay. But they're always going to do it based on, right? Parts and materials that they know exist, uh, whatever, right? If it's a, if it's somebody trying to fix a leaky pipe, if it's somebody that's trying to fix their car, whatever, um, they're going to base it on the theory and the understanding that they have, right? Meanwhile, somebody else looks at it and goes, yeah, your car doesn't even have a carburetor. They don't make those anymore, or they don't put them in cars anymore, right? So uh you have this other system that <laughs> you're, you're going to have to learn a whole lot more, right? Um, so we have to remember that th- there's this huge gap, right? Um, and then you bring in something like the art of ninatu, where by its very nature, nothing is ever what it looks like. Nothing is ever what it seems. Okay? Um, and it's not tricky for the sake of tricky. It's coming at things from, uh, from a perspective and using science and using, uh, faculties that human beings have, but that most human beings don't use, let alone that They know that they exist and they're attacking people's sensibilities that people at best take for granted, but have no idea how to control it. And for a lot of people, they don't even know what's happening. Okay. For instance, like a lot of people believe that they're absolutely logical and all of the decisions are logical, right? But science proves over and over again that we're emotional creatures and we make decisions based on or we make that first decision based on a gut level response that's either attractive, right? Because we're going after something that's pleasurable or we perceive it to be good, beneficial. It's going to feel good, whatever. Or we're making that decision because we're trying to avoid something that we perceive that's going to be painful. It's going to make us look like a loser, make us look bad. It's going to hurt, whatever. Right. Or we choose one way or the other because, well, we don't really have any Ideas or beliefs about it at all. So we might go, yeah, I'll try it. Or, yeah, no, I'll pass. But we don't really have a good reason to do it other than an emotional thing. And then the intellect steps in and justifies that response, which is why all of the systems of enlightenment or the development of wisdom or personal development or whatever are designed to have you be mindful. So that when that moment arises and you reach out to grasp this thing or you cling to a previous belief or whatever it is, right? If this, this decision making thing is happening. You can apply reason based on experience, based on, so we've got experience from the past on one side and then an ultimate goal or vision. That we're aiming for in the future and then in the moment, right, we're going to make a decision or we're going to choose not based on feel good, feel bad, attraction, avoidance or whatever, but based on. Whether or not this serves me to move forward in the direction I want to be going. Right. And so that makes a that, that makes a huge difference. Right. Um, so let's do this. I want to, I want to I wanna share just a, a brief list that I made. Uh, I didn't go looking things up, uh, but you will find that most people that understand the difference between fighting and self-defense, you know, they may use different words, but a lot of the things that are on my list are on their list and they need they probably have things on their list that I didn't write down because I did this 20 minutes before we started. Right. So, uh, what I try to do is, do a one person thinks this way, the other person thinks this way kind of thing, because I'm talking about mentality, right? Um, I'm not talking about skills. I'm not talking about uh, feelings or anything like that. But I will, most likely, unless I forget, <laughs> right, come full circle to what I was just talking about with uh, the difference between reason being in the driver's seat or uh, emotion-based ego being in the driver's seat, right? Because they're different, okay? Okay. All right. So um, I I may have already hinted at a couple of these things or even mentioned it. But um, so I I apologize if I repeat myself. Okay, so fighter versus uh, self-defense mentalities. right. So a fighter. Right. Looks for fights. It's what he does. Right. If he's a sport or competitive fighter like this guy that came in and wanted to negotiate uh, like a a rental fee or whatever to to use the, the dojo. What's he doing it for? Well, he's preparing not just for this ultimate world fight, but he's got to go through a bunch of fights to earn that position where he can be in the final one. And then there's going to be one or the other. Right. Um, so that kind of person looks for fights. There's other types of people that look for fights as well. OK, the chip on the shoulder, Everything's a challenge, whatever. Okay. And, and some of them will be mentioned down the line. But the self-defense person, or self-defense mentality, develops awareness, right, to avoid fights, danger, unreasonable danger, those kind of things, right? Because a lot of us, um, I, I find myself, um, you know, the, the warrior, and we can talk about that some other time, and maybe I'll hint at it later, but the warrior, Right, accepts challenges, but they're usually in different realms. Okay. And again, who does it serve and what does it serve? Okay? Right? Because typically a warrior and a warrior mentality, even the Japanese Chinese kanji, uh, for uh that's a part of the word warrior, right? Bushi, right? Uh boo or mu um means martial. Right? So um They're willing to engage in those kind of things, but, right, they pick and choose those battles. Okay. And the word, uh, I think we covered this in a past episode, at least once, 500 times. Um, the word samurai, right, comes from the Japanese verb samurao. Samurao means to serve. Okay. Not who, how many can I kill? And I mean, we're not talking about a conqueror. Right. While they could be on a conquering force and samurai had less leeway than ninja did. Right. Still warriors, but code, morals, ethics, whatnot. Right. Samurai were born into a family whose allegiance was given to somebody. And that was usually a lifetime deal. Okay, There were a couple of families here or there. Um, there was, there was a Japanese TV show a couple of years ago. I don't know if it still exists or not. It was pre COVID when I was over there and it was really, really popular. As a matter of fact, I deviated. That was one of the only years I've ever deviated from our trip agenda. And I found out where this village was, where this, there was the home base of this, uh, family, this clan and, uh, checked with the students and said, Hey, like I'm going, um, I can give you instructions for continuing to go to class or here's these other sites and whatever. Uh, but I got to check this thing out. Right. You can go along. I not a problem, but just know that like I have mm, functional Japanese. Right. Like enough to not get lost usually. Um, but I'm going to a place that I had not. And chances are, based on my my understanding of where we're going. Yeah. Uh, not going to be a whole lot of English spoken. And I was right. Okay. the museum that was erected uh for this clan because of the TV show <laughs> they made it famous um, they had english uh brochures and pamphlets but none of the staff spoke english and the english brochures were very minimalistic so i gathered up a whole bunch of japanese stuff to come back and translate it later um but anyway uh so Well, Again, while there were rare exceptions that that people switched sides and and things like that and were still considered samurai or still were in good graces, um, it's usually because they ended up on the winning side at the end anyway. So, like, there was nobody that wanted to kill them because they, you know, were a deserter or whatever. So, um, but they didn't have a choice, right? Uh, Ninja, on the other hand, right, could switch allegiances if person that they were helping went insane or started to become a detriment to the community or whatever. Right. So anyway, again, a fighter looks for fights either um, because everything's a challenge or because uh, they're trying to be a professional fighter, right? That's their, that's going to be their claim to fame. Right. Um, And the self-defense person again, uh the big focus is on developing awareness so that you can avoid but that awareness for a lot of us, right? I'm sure I'm I'm singing to the choir here, but that awareness for a lot of us leads us to understand that sometimes there's no avoiding, right? Not by choice, right? Not not by your choice. Right. And then that that therein lies the problem. Okay. Um I'm gonna come uh, up, up Use this one, but then I'm going to have to circle back to it. Right. So fighters typically have a winner loser thinking. Right. Winner loser type of thinking. Right. If you didn't win, then you lost. Right. If you didn't lose, then you won. Right. So when we say things like um, you don't have to win, just don't lose, that just like locks their brain up. OK, this kind of competitive mentality Let's go back to that fighter that was talking about doing all that training for three, four years to get on the Olympic boxing team and then came in fourth place, right? See, they think in that, in that term, right? And the the, the predominant philosophy that I've heard from people with this hardcore competitive mindset is that, um, second place is first place winner or first place loser, right? There is no runner up right you just fall backwards into what place you took as far as loser right so there can only be one winner kind of thing they have a hard time with negotiations they have a hard time with um relationships right because some if somebody has to be in charge and that's an always thing they, they don't understand how a mutually beneficial relationship works with um works with strengths so in certain situations, one person may lead and the other person may be the helper because the person leading, that's their strength. Right. And in other situations, it could be just the other way. Right. And in other situations, it can be very democratic where they both look at what the problem is. They can both handle things, but they go, OK, well, how do you think we should handle this? Right. And then it becomes a, very much like a team effort kind of thing. I mean, it's always a team effort, but. Um, It's not a defined winner loser kind of thing. And then for the uh, self-defense mentality, what you have is a survivor mentality, right? I don't have to win. What I need to do is get my ass out of there, right? This is not about bragging rights. This is not about trophies. This is not about belts. This is about tucking my kids or my grandkids into bed at night, right? This is about hugging my honey, right? This is about enjoying life. Right. Um a fighter, again I mentioned this before, right, trains for the big fight. And that may mean that they go through a bunch of fights to get to that big fight. Um the self-defense mentality trains to escape. And I know if you look at a lot of our martial arts techniques, uh it doesn't look like that, right? And if we don't have the right head on our shoulders, We can see that I won that, I put him down, or whatever. But that comes from a very narrow vision, right? Very narrow-minded vision. Okay, because if the end of the technique is the end of the fight, then we're not in a survival situation, because the end of that altercation isn't necessarily the end of the danger right because the end of this thing could mean that he goes and gets 15 of his friends finds out where you live and if he can't get you he finds out where your family or your your friends are and goes after the easiest ones until he gets to you or gets you to comply or you know does that kind of damage right and a lot of people don't want to think about that kind of stuff right because it it's it's not it's not easy right they want easy right they they need to be the guy. They need to be the girl. Right? Uh again, this leads right to the next one on my list, right? Um they want notoriety. Right? They want people to know. That's what the belts are for. That's what the trophy's for, it's what the media's for, right? The the reporters with the mics in their face. That's why there's this grandstanding when they do weigh-ins for boxing or MMA matches or whatever, right? And then I mean there's 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 the constant threat of them just duking it out right there, right? And I get it, I get it. People eat that stuff up, okay? but they need to be they need to be known. Okay, uh, most and I don't know if you guys know this or not, but most big name fighters have literally come from nothing. Okay, and I believe that that's a huge part of it, right? Just like a lot of people that go into law enforcement or martial arts or whatever um were were abused or were in a very dangerous household growing up. Okay? Not all, but there's a there's a huge correlation between those who go into law enforcement investigation, those kind of things, uh, or martial arts or whatever. And I mean I'm a (laughs) I'm a double or triple threat when it comes to that stuff, right? Um because there was a need to get that part of one's life handled as opposed to, um, you know, I came from nothing, right? I, I want to leave a legacy. I want people to know and there's nothing wrong with that either. Right. There's nothing wrong, inherently wrong with these things, as long as they're not bastardized because some people claim self-defense, but their, their actions are not within the realm of self-defense. They're just not. Okay. Um, and some people, you know, they they need that bolstering to ego and whatnot. Some people, you know, they do it through competing in business. Some people do it through competing in uh politics or organizational structure or career path or whatever. And some people do it through the use of fight skills. Right. Um, I, don't, I don't begrudge any of it. What's what I think is important is that we don't lie to ourselves. Right as warriors or warrior hopefuls or whatever. uh we don't lie to ourselves when we're very clear about why why we act, right? Um, uh, because in our mikyo, the um uh, the evil, so to speak, right, the sin to borrow a Christian term, um, is not in the act itself, believe it or not. It's not in the act. It's in the intention that gave Rise to the act, okay very different things, very different things okay so again the the fighter wants uh notoriety right the self defense minded person typically wants um anonymity and not that they don't want it, they want anybody to you know know who they are or whatever I don't mean that they could be striving in other realms in life, but they this is even when they're out in the world. Right. Um, the, the typical person that I know of, that's the family, man, family, you know, mom, dad, whatever. Um, and they just want to protect their family. They just want to, you know, uh, protect what's theirs, that kind of thing. Their typical mentality is they just want to be left the hell alone. Right. They don't stand out in the crowd. They don't go. They uh, if an argument arises or whatever. Right. They don't need to win. Right. They'll gracefully bow out and let the other person have the win because that win doesn't doesn't make them who they are. Right. So, uh, again, one wants notoriety, the other one wants anonymity. And again, these are extremes. There's uh, there's a gray area in there, of course. Right. Um, But either way. Right. Uh, Fighters typically specialize in a type or style. Of fighting, right? Wrestlers wrestle, boxers box, right? Taekwondo people, uh, while they have punches and they do some joint locks and things like that, what do they do prim- uh, primarily, James? James was in Taekwondo for a long time. What do they do? Okay. Oh, he muted himself. <laughs> what do they do? Kicking. They kick, right? We all know that, right? Same thing with Muay Thai guys and whatnot. Not that they don't punch, right? But they gravitate towards a certain thing, and then there's a boxing, or there's a MMA, or there's whatever. There's a there's a competitive circuit and hierarchy for that style, just like any sport, right? But it's not just the sport-oriented guys, right? Um, I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen the, the comments that are left behind on my videos and all that, which is really funny, um, But, um, James has seen these things, right? And the, the guys that, that lean in this direction, right? Um, all this is, all this fight science, BS is, is exactly that. It's BS. You just need to put some gloves on, get into a boxing ring or an MMA school or whatever. Yeah. And, um, you know, so again, ego has determined that there's a, Best or right or whatever way of fighting, and because of their experience, which reinforces their reality, right, um, or their perspective on the world, then that's that's the only thing that matters, right? So, uh, and because their experience has always been getting into fights or whatever with people who do it exactly the same way, um, and their belief system hasn't been challenged yet, right? Um, they're going to always argue for their style. Okay? Um, one of the best things I ever heard about to, and unfortunately I don't think it can be said as much anymore because it's been turned into a style just like how many others. Right? Um, but one of the first things I, I heard way back in late 70s, 1980 when I officially got started was that to is not a style. Right? It's a collection of principles and concepts for application in given scenarios, right, based on whatever the mission or the goals or whatever are. Um, but you know, now people are throwing names and whatnot around. Uh, I do this and I do that. So now it's it, it, it's become more crystallized. And what happens in that in that context when that thing happens, when a thought or idea or belief or information or whatever. When that's the thing that that's all we ever do, right? That's all we ever let our think selves think about. That's all we ever study, look at, whatever. And then we're judgmental in a negative way against anything else, that thing then crystallizes and in Mikyo it becomes our viewpoint, our perspective, right? Our people like to say our truth, right? Um but it's not truth. Okay. Um I I know a lot of English language translations that come out of Mikyo um and I've used this in the past as well, but you know, the more you meditate on things, the more the more I uh think about and process and look at examples of and uh expose myself to other things, you know, I went from there is this ultimate truth, right, which is very, very difficult to describe with any language, right, because it is what is, right? Language does its best to hint enough that we can all navigate and know what the hell we're talking about close enough, right? Um, but, you know, how do you describe the smell of any given flower or the smell of used motor oil that is a certain age uh and was a certain weight when it went in into a certain type of engine two stroke four stroke eight cylinder uh dragster whatever and it comes out and how do you describe that smell now other people in that realm who know that they may have little things right it smells like cloves it smells like you know, whatever right and somebody else in that realm will get what you're talking about but they'll also understand while they've smelled oil like that they don't know exactly what yours smelled like because it came out of a completely different car at a completely different time, completely different temperature when you smelled it and all those kind of things. So there's ultimate truth, right? What is, is. And then there's conventional truth and this is guideposts. These are things that we use to navigate. Hell, our language that we speak is a part of the realm of conventional truth, okay? Because how many, well, at last count that I knew of and this was based on a language learning program I got back in the mid 80s that was being used by the State Department at that time uh, for Japanese. There was this book that came along with it that was written by a university professor. Uh, it's, it was called How to Learn a Foreign Language. It's pretty cool. Um, but he led it off with uh, there are 3000 different languages and sub dialects. On this planet. And then he proceeded to say, and I only speak nine of those fluently. And my brain stopped because I'm thinking three thousand. Holy shit. And wait, you speak oh he said, and I only speak nine of them, which makes me a cultural idiot. And then I'm thinking, well, shit, I do English. Mm Hmm well, at this point, because I'm way past 85, uh, not 85, like the age of 85, but way past 1985. At that point, I was only four years out of high school. So I spoke Spanish decently. Right. I, I majored in that because I was going into law enforcement. Right. Um, and then I had some German. I had some um, what? I had some German, had some Japanese again at that point. Not enough to not get lost, but I had that. And then I could, I've always made it a point to be able to say, hello, goodbye, how are you, and thank you in as many languages as possible, right? So I had an opportunity to learn it in Tibetan one time, so I learned that too. Um But I just, I think it's important to be at least polite in the native tongue. But anyway, uh so what I thought in my head was... Okay, you know, nine of those languages fluently, and that makes you a cultural idiot. Shit. What the hell does that make me? I don't know, but I don't dwell on a whole lot. But anyway, um, so there's ultimate truth. There's conventional truth. It's more like a conventional reality kind of thing that we all ascribe to so that we can navigate. Right. Language, uh, what time it is based on time zone. Uh, or just the universal time system with a 12 or 24 hour uh uh time system or clock or, you know, whatever. Right. And we have all these things. Right. Uh Sizes, shoe sizes. Right. Here in the U.S., not the same as in Europe, not the same as in Japan, not the same. Right. So these are things that we ascribe to that just help with navigating. Right. And then there's this other thing in the middle, which for expedient purposes is often called personal truth. But people play, play around way too much with this idea of personal truth. I've come to realize this, right? So I stopped calling it that, right? Because I believe that there is truth. There is this ultimate thing that's going on, right? And Mikyo and the the philosophy that comes behind that and the, the, the study that comes behind that, there's this there's this goal, which is to get your view, belief system, whatever. As close to that ultimate truth. Understanding as possible. Right. So we're not swimming upstream. Right. We're not fighting the avalanche so to speak right and that's the idea ninja ninja as well ninpo right the way the ninja is the way natural is the way the ninja is the way of the universe right the whole idea is understand natural laws and go with the flow man understand how things work and then when you're creating things when you're making things happen use natural principles and concepts and not baby wishfulness not bullying not whatever right because the closer you are the closer you are in the way you think the way you speak the way you plan the way you act in accordance with the way things naturally work shit the smoother and easier your life is going to be and the quicker you'll produce results right so um what i now believe to be true right And again, it's what guides me around is that there is truth and that there's and then there's your opinion. Because you're doing the best you can, hopefully, to translate that. But either way, right, let's let's get back to fighters and other mentality, because I just uh, jumped on a Segway and I don't ride those very well. So uh, or at least I I don't assume that I would because I have never been on one. I understand the principle or in the concept, but if you've ever seen anybody who looks at it and goes, ah, it looks pretty straightforward, and then jumps on it and drives it into a wall or flips right back off of it or whatever because they were wrong, right? (laughs) My brain understands it, but my body and its ability to maintain balance and control sucks, right? So where was I? Uh, Let's see. So a fighter specializes in specific types or styles of fighting, Um, a self-defense oriented person. Cross trains for situations and scenarios. Right? What, what am I most likely to have to deal with? Right? What might I have to deal with? Okay. In which case I better understand at least how to escape from that. Cause we already talked about their focus is escape, not meeting it head on. Right? Military combatants get into firefights. Okay. Refugees move away from Gunfire and shit blowing up. Right. So and the people that uh, are the protectors and the guardians in that instant instance, while they may have firearms, um, they're only going to engage if they absolutely have to as a part of creating the evacuation route or assisting with the escape. Right. Um, They're not going to leave their charges. They're not going to leave those that they're responsible for. OK, in the realm of bodyguard work when I did that for a little while. Right. One of the things that people had to get stuck in their head was this is not a Chuck Norris movie. Right. If you're if you're guarding somebody and a threat comes up. Right. You don't get into a freaking three minute, five minute, 20 minute fight with this person. Because the whole time you're doing that, guess what you're not doing? Protecting the person that's cutting the paycheck. We had a saying, dead clients don't pay, right? So if we were in a team, if we were alone, whatever, right? If you were alone, your job is to either dissuade this guy and get him to go away or to drop him as quickly as possible so you can usher your charge out of there, right? Your principal out of there. If you're on a team, like let's say we're in a diamond formation and we're moving through uh, the conference center, whatever, right? Banquet hall. There's already been one or more per people as a part of the team that have gone in days or weeks before mapped out the whole goddamn place. And we have contingencies depending on where we are. That if the alert signal goes off, somebody yells gun, it doesn't matter if somebody has a gun or not. it's one word that you only you only need to worry about one. Right. If somebody says that we know exactly where we are in the room. Where the escape route is and where we're going, what's on the other side of the door, it's already been cleared, all that stuff, right? This is not make it up on the fly, right? Um, From a self-defense perspective, we have to be more prepared and have a greater skill set than somebody who is skilled at a certain fight style who has only prepared and only mentally their radar is only on defending against the same or very similar attacks right or or uh punches kicks grappling whatever okay um so it's very very different right anyway so again um there's a training for Situations and scenarios. Okay. And I get it right in the beginning of our training. We, we do techniques, right? We cover principles and concepts and whatnot. Um, and I, I can't speak for anybody else, but in our upper intermediate and advanced training, so for the brown belts into the black belts, right? We more often than not start talking about scenarios. And we, while we may not paint a whole picture of a scenario, and then we're going to limit ourselves to that confines. It comes up more and more in training. Yes, James. More and more in training. We talk about clothing. St- well, even with the lower level, people we talk about clothing styles, environmental considerations, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but he's been in classes where people are training and I start moving shit in to create walls and barriers and mm-hmm. I'll move something in between them and whatnot that they could possibly trip over because they have to take that into consideration. Right. But you know what? Normally happens, people start laughing. People start chuckling. They start thinking, ah, something's being tricky. But that's one way that ego relieves pressure, it relieves stress. We have to be careful when that kind of thing happens. We have to close our lips and prevent that from happening. So that energy gets bottled up, and I know it's going to start to feel weird and and odd and all that because you're not letting it out, right? But we also have to make sure that we're training to feel uncomfortable or training for when we feel uncomfortable and we feel limited and we feel like the odds are against us, okay? Because fighters, right, they're, if not sure, like a sports fighter, they're reasonably sure that shit's not going to go sideways, right? They're going to like slug it out, fist fight or whatever. And they're reasonably sure the other guy's just not going to pull a gun and shoot him in the face. Right. That's what I mean by sideways. We see that shit in the news all the time. Right. Because if they were training for that, and I'm talking about the guys, you know, in the, in the gas station parking lot or whatever, right. If they didn't operate like they were reasonably sure, they wouldn't do dumbass shit like they're gonna take their jacket off or their t-shirt off before they get involved in the fight. Temporarily blind them, blinding themselves for a couple of seconds before, right? Because they're reasonably sure the other guy gonna do what? Wait while they grandstand because he's talking smack too. Okay. I, I did I did some kind of training at some point. I can't remember. It was I think it was a whiteboard Wednesday, where one of the keys one of the principles we focused on was don't talk and if you have to say something keep it short and the reason for that is when you talk you shift your psychology from right brain processing multi-layered survival mechanism to intellect which requires that all pieces of information are stacked linearly right so you're able to do things less, you require more processing, which slows you down. So the one who's talking the most, if the other person was smart, as in like fight science smart, that's when they'd smack the shit out of them. Because they're not focused. Guys that are in it, that are really, really in it, they don't talk. Okay? Which I think is one of the reasons for having... Mouth cards in your, in your mouth in a, in a boxing or MMA match. I know. It's so you don't break your teeth. Okay? But think how that it makes it really difficult to talk. So people just typically don't talk because they're focused on protecting their teeth. Okay? But then when they get in the fight outside the ring, what do they do? Jack their fucking jaws. They won't shut up. Jesus Christ, shut up. Right? Nothing like being an accomplice to your own ass-kicking. Okay? but the reason why it doesn't bite anybody in the ass is because everybody does it, right? And that's that's something else that people say on the videos too, right? Everybody knows that this is how you do it, right? All good fighters do it this way. I'm not going to argue experience. I've lived in multiple countries on one, two, three continents. And as a federal cop, Dealt with people from different cultures that, no, they do not all do it the same way. So I'm sorry that your experience is so limited, but if you and I ever meet, not you guys, but if that person and I ever meet, I'm kind of glad that they're stuck in one way of thinking. Because all I need to know, all I need to do is duck a punch, see a stance, whatever, and get a couple pieces of information and know what kind of fighter they are, as long as they're not in need of and they're not leading, they haven't done the research to be able to imitate a fight style to convince me that that's their fight style as a trap, which is what we do. And if you're not doing it and you're up in the upper levels, then you're missing a huge opportunity, right? So, but most people aren't, aren't that, right? All I need to know is your fight style, and then I just create a situation where you have to fight outside of that. Or you have a really, really hard time doing what it is that you're really, really, really good at. And if I could piss you off enough that you throw that away, then I only have to worry about the animal coming at me and then come from outside the blind spot. Okay. Easy? No. But it's what I've trained for. Okay. Um, anyway, right, so specializes in, right, uh, again, goes back to wants to be the man, right? They want to be like this guy that came in that wants to use the dojo, right? And I may let him, right? It's extra income for the dojo as long as my liability um, insurance guy doesn't roll over in his grave or, right, my lawyer doesn't say no because of a liability risk. And all warriors, all, I was told this in the 80s. All ninja in the 21st century, one of the weapons they have in their back pocket, as a good lawyer okay because again even if he's the bad guy even if you're using justifiable self-defense he or his family can still sue you in the western legal system okay are you protecting yourself against that right. I know for a lot of people they it sounds like I'm talking them out of self-defense training but I'm not Okay. I absolutely believe that you need it, but I absolutely believe that you can't just stop at cool moves because you think that's what ends the fight or that's what ends the threat. There's a difference between ending a fight and ending a survival threat. Okay. So uh, the fighter wants to be the man, even if it's just the 15 minutes of fame that they can brag about for the rest of their life. Right? A self-defense person for self-defense. Practitioner wants to be the man or woman that others can depend on. Everybody that's ever ever said this to me, I've got a former Marine, young guy. He was actually a a U student of mine, uh, way back. Right. Um, As a matter of fact, he's one of a four-generation family that's a member of my school. Right. Um, Yeah. So, Grandpa. His son, which would be the guy I'm talking about, Phil's uncle, and then Phil's son. Anyway, um, a lot of them admit to wanting to be the guy, right? But what they're talking about is in a bad situation. They want to be the guy in that room that other people can depend on. And girls, I'm talking to you too, right? But they want to be. They want to be that person, right? And if somebody else is in there too, freaking bonus, because you can always use help. Holy shit, right? But they don't want to hope that somebody does something, right? Anyway, um, again, one wants to be the man. One wants to be the man, again, or woman that others can depend on, Okay um again this kind of goes back to the fight thing one the fighter is rule or style focused uh the self-defense uh practitioner is do whatever it takes man it's are do whatever it takes focused right because the goal is to get the hell out of here okay not stand over the body celebrating okay uh let's see uh the fighter right again There's a there's a core reason for this. And I actually did some digging into um, a couple of psychological circles. Um, One came out of the UK and then uh, this other one led me to this whole legal thing that just another it's a deeper way of explaining what I always explain based on my uh, my experience as a a former federal cop. But the fighter of whatever form. Right. Because remember, somebody can just be fucking argumentative. They can just have an anger management issue where everything's a damn fight. Everything's a challenge, right? Their they're control freaks are this way, right? Um, bossy, bully, whatever, right? Um, and I, they come in all genders. They come in all colors. They come in all, right? Assholes come in all colors, right? So, but um, they think everything is a challenge, right? So they're external focused, Right, because they need to be the guy or the girl, they've got that control freak issue kind of thing, right? or it could be coming from a fear-based thing. Control freaks often, at their very core, are afraid that they'll end up being the underdog or they'll have to follow somebody they don't want to follow or whatever, so they put on this huge freaking facade, and then they have to defend it at all costs, because if they don't, somebody's going to find out, right, that they're really afraid, okay? But they're external-based, okay? The uh, the self-defense-oriented person tends to challenge themselves, right? What don't I know? Um, you know, how, they're always self-checking, right? Um, is there a better way that I could have said that to have prevented that argument that was in, right? So then they think about that kind of stuff and they, you know, get advice from people and all that kind of stuff so they tend to be internally motivated and again these these are not these are these are comparisons they're not universal all right so if you saw yourself on one side of the other and your feathers are all ruffled and you haven't already signed off um because when, when you see a while back we had like four or five people like click off at the exact same time it's really funny anyway um so uh and then I have two names here at the end, right? Um, the fighter, the, the, the animal, if I was going to choose an an animal out of the animal kingdom, that to me, epitomizes the fighter mentality, it would be, um, a lion. Okay. But now I think about it, it might be a hyena because it depends on the type of fighter, right? If they're the street thug and whatnot, um, They might hang out in a pack because they're getting that power from numbers, right? Um, But for the self-defense practitioner, most of the ones that I know anyway, right, um, calm, cool, collected, right? They just want to live a nice, happy life, but they've got the skills. But even so, right, if if somebody comes up, right, one of my self-defense tactics is to pull a $5 bill out of my freaking pocket and go, here, buy yourself a beer, I don't want any trouble. Right or check, please. Okay, Um, which that rubs people the wrong way. I spend all this time, effort, money to learn techniques. The motherfucker steps up to me. I'm a well. Then you know, what's that? What's that one thing we shared a couple of weeks ago? (laughs) In that case, your skill set needs to include keeping ten guys out of your ass in a prison shower. Right. So, and the problem that most people have that have a fighter mentality is they don't there's no broadness of vision they can't see out of the moment they need to win they can't see out of the the challenge they need to meet they don't see big enough right because to them there's always just the next fight the next fight, the next fight and then there's the big fight right, that puts them on the mountain okay I'm an old guy right We used to make up games when I was a kid, right? We didn't have have video games and any of that stuff, right? So we made up shit, right? One of those games we used to play was King of the Mountain, right? Find a little freaking hill, right? The person on top need to keep everybody else from knocking him off the top. The problem with that is there's more than you. The King of the Mountain is by himself and everybody else is trying to take the freaking hill, right? It's a precarious spot. And the reason it was so cool is because, of course, you were going to knock the guy off the top. He was going to roll down, and then he had to freaking figure out how to get it back. Meanwhile, somebody else is up there for their 30 seconds or 15 seconds or minute or whatever, right? Um, but that's the game to them, right? Again, we're not going to go through the, the Wheel of Life, uh, the Tibetan Wheel of Life, which has these six different personality types, but they're the battling titans, right? And they're constantly going between the hell realm where life sucks and, you know, I, I've got to dominate and conquer, and getting to this point where they're, you know, everybody would be envious of their position, but they they always feel like they're always just missing that one thing. And so they're constantly freaking at odds with life, other people, whatever. And if they're not, it's because everybody else is kind of positioned walking on eggshells to make sure Joe Cool Jack Wagon doesn't lose his fucking cool today. Right? So, but anyway, uh, for the self defense practitioner, um, the animal I most, most often think about is a sheepdog. Okay? They're a guardian. Okay? The, the lion is a hunter. The lion's a predator. Right? The lion... <laughs> lions are cats, which makes them assholes. I I have. The cool thing about being in the Bujinkan and being in Ninjutsu and traveling the world and going to Japan and meeting people and whatnot is I've met people from all over the world, right? And the cool thing about being a bodyguard is I've helped secure certain people or I know uh, I have peers who have protected other people or whatever. And, um, you know, some of these principles um, that means the guy writing the check or the girl writing the check. Um, As a matter of fact, one of my teachers, Shiroshi Malmstrom, right, um, went to uh, Africa on a safari, right? But he wasn't going to shoot anything. He just wanted to, you know, he had this opportunity to go because one of his students was this big game hunter, and he wanted to go, and, you know, he had a sidearm, right? And, um First night, they had set up camp and all that, and uh, uh, again, I'm getting this secondhand, right? But they had set up camp, and he heard this howling, right? And back here in the States, right, if you hear howling like that, it's like a wolf or a coyote, right? It's, right? But this was a different sound. It sounded like a deep siren, right? And he said, you know, it sounds like a, an emergency siren or whatever. And the guide, the African guide goes, no, 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 a lion. Excuse me? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, he's hunting. He's letting all the lions know what his territory is. So, um, but he's, you know, they hunt by night. And so they had to leave sentries awake. They had to take duty overnight, right, while well, everybody is slept in shifts because lions will come into your camp. They'll go into villages, walk right into a hut, right, suffocate somebody, and drag their carcass out. People wake up every day and family members are missing, right? Because lions carried them off in the middle of the night. I like my net Netflix too much to fucking go and do shit like that, right? So, um, as some of my friends go, "That would be a hell no, right? <laughs> Not doing that." Um, but anyway, <laughs> it's just all <awkward. laughs> great. Thing the other day, somebody I, I, they weren't doing a podcast, but they were talking about um, my my uh, some of my friends, right? Some of my black friends, like Erskine, and some of the other guys. Uh, we make jokes all the time um, about like you can always tell in the horror movies, right? Um, you know what's going to happen or whatever because they're all cliche, right? And every once in a while, you get like a black actor or whatever, uh, you know that hey, go out and check that. Mm, mm-hmm. I've seen this movie. Black guy dies first. Mm, I'm not going, right? So this guy was talking about how um, the black guys have it right, right? That there's certain things you just don't freaking do, right? And they were talking about that submersible that went down to see the Titanic and imploded, right? And he goes, these are all wealthy, really, really intelligent people, right? And the information's out about this submersible, by the way, if you want to look at it. He goes, no, no you climb aboard this thing, and I see a Logitech... Joystick as a controller? My first response would be, no, this is a hard no. <laughs> Logitech? Holy shit. I haven't had a Logitech thing that lasted more than, I don't know, a month. right? Headsets, whatever, that I haven't had to replace. Not knocking the company, but you get the idea. Not putting my life on the line with something that uh, is $39, right? And tax. That big lot, or well, not big lots, what is it? Um, Best Buy? Anyway, so... Here are these differences, but what a lot of this stuff comes down to is that fighter mentality, and this is this is what I got from the uh, from the psych group. Okay, so and this was a uh, retired psychiatrist. It was a researcher, all that kind of stuff, right? And um, hit the article that I had found uh, that I was again, I have weird hobbies, right? He was equating physical self-defense with. Psychological and emotional self-defense because they're the same, right? Just because your your body's not getting pierced when somebody's gaslighting you, or issuing threats and intimidation, whatever, right? Threatening to take your family away if you don't comply, whatever, right? It's it, it's still that, right? So uh, I found this very interesting, but more broad uh, definition, right? Because I've always stuck with the legal definition. Based on being a law enforcement practitioner and having to focus on people being physically assaulted, right? But, um, he says self-defense is a countermeasure that involves defending the health and well-being of oneself from harm. It's pretty simple, pretty cut and dry, right? Well, then again, I follow the rabbit hole, right? And then, uh, what I found was, um, and again, I, th- this stuff is pretty consistent across. I just happened to find this one from the University of Michigan Law Center, where there's four elements that are required for self-defense, for self-defense, uh, defense, uh, so self-defense, defense, right? A claim of self-defense, right? Um, whatever, right? So uh number one is it's an unprovoked attack. Okay. Two guys get into it in a bar. And go, you know what, we need to step outside. Okay? The self-defense guy goes, No, you know what? Man, you're you're right, whatever. Okay. Now, some people, again, remember what I said? Fighters, ego. Self-defense, ego's not involved. There's no need to win. There's thoughts of if I get taken out of the world, who's gonna protect? My wife, my kids, my grandkids. Who, who? Right? My kids are going to call somebody else dad because I was a dick and couldn't stay out of a fight, right? Whatever. Okay. Wonder if I get banned for saying dick twice. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but there's no ego involved, right? It's it, the choice is not egocentric. Okay. If one is left with no options, right? You're going to get beaten, broken, or killed. If you don't act, regardless of whether you act or not, bad shit's going to happen. That's not, right? Intent, in this case, is on what? Getting out. Surviving. Right? Living another day to protect somebody else. Right? Tending to be the ninja's way of doing things. Okay? Um, not being able to back down from something. Gold, my mom a name. Is he Right? I mean, if he's right, what are you defending? If he's not right, why do you feel the need to defend? Right? Huh? The things I heard when I was a cop, holy shit, right? Slope with your mom last night. Yeah, did you pay her? What? That's all I'm concerned about. Mom's got rent to pay, right? I know my mom's not that, right? But he's not prepared for that. He's not prepared for somebody who can play mental gymnastics better than he can. Right? Anyway, so uh unprovoked attack. Okay? So I'm not not volunteering to get into this thing. Okay? Um, one of the one of the uh one of the specifics is not one of these points, but this point this point points to it, <laughs> right? Is that you have an obligation to escape. You have an obligation to de-escalate. If you don't, right? Then the law takes a very dim light on whether or not you are actually acting to defend yourself. Okay. So now there's a, a whole bunch of things with weapons and all that, and this is not one of those uh, one of those things. and Again, I'm not le- giving legal advice, but you can certainly look this stuff up. Um, but anyway, all right. So it's an unprovoked attack. Two. Which threatens imminent injury or death. Imminent. In the moment. Okay? He didn't threaten to punch your lights out, walk away. You're afraid that he's going to come at you, so you go to his house and you burn it down or whatever with him in it. Okay? Um, that Have a really hard time with that. Okay? Okay. Oh, do not could make that happen or not? Well, never mind. Ignore, it. Ignore that I just said that. Okay? So, number three, right? There's an objectively reasonable degree of force used in response. Okay? That typically means that you have used equal or less force to affect your escape or to stop the threat, right? To stop the, the harm from coming at you. Okay? Um, the way I was taught as a federal police officer, it was defined as the minimum force necessary to stop it. So if you're doing things that fit the self-defense paradigm or in law enforcement, the use of force doctrine, then I'm going to try something reasonable, right? I'm going to try to deescalate. I'm going to try to talk myself out, talk my way out of it. I might use intimidation or dissuasion tactics, right? I'm trying to escape all those kind of things. I've tried certain things like batting his arm away or whatever, right? Um, so that, Whatever I had to do to drop him, there is a chain of evidence that unless this guy jumped you out of surprise and your first thing dropped him because it was a flinch response, Okay, again, and it's even more difficult in today's world because we live in a video surveillance society. And there aren't fucking cameras on every street corner like there were for my students... Uh, or starting to be for my students in the late 80s, early 90s, when I started warning people about this. Every person has at least one video camera on them, and they all want to either collect evidence to help, or they all want to be the, they want to get the most number of likes and followers on fucking TikTok, because, or, right, they're a, what are they called, a, not skimmer. There's a name for these guys, and I can't remember what it is at the moment. But um, they have scanners, and they go around, and they take photographs of traffic accidents or video or whatever, of accidents, of whatever. They're the ones on the scene you know, interviewing somebody because of the accident or whatever. They're not all reporters, right? The person that you hear off screen interviewing somebody, so they're talking, or the video camera's on them, or the, the B-roll footage of the car on the freeway that's on fire and shit like that, right? These guys have scanners in their cars. They show up, they do that, and they want to be the first ones to call up the TV station or the radio station or whatever with that footage because they get paid for that, okay? So they're, they could be the first one on the scene and your ass is on fire in your car, and they're probably one of the least likely ones to pull your ass out because there's more money in fatality. Okay, so we have to also, from a self-defense perspective, we have to take into people into account uh, people's motivations, okay. which is why we don't, you know, if we're, if we're running from somebody, we go pounding on doors and stuff, we don't yell, help me, he's trying to kill me, or whatever, right? You scream fire, right? Because in one instance, they have to decide whether or not they're going to invite, because if they invite you in, they invite danger in, Right? If they're going to do that, or they're going to save their house, okay? Again, for most, for the vast majority of people, ego rules, okay? For all of us, Okay, Which is why a lot of us study this whole thing and the phenomenon, try to figure out how to bring it under control so we're not doing dumbass things that increase our own level of suffering and discontent, okay? Again, how to not be your own, you know, accomplishing your own ass-kicking. Okay. So anyway, elements number 1, uh unprovoked attack, 2 which threatens imminent injury or death, 3 an objectively reasonable degree of force used in response, and 4 an objectively reasonable fear of injury or death. Okay? So one injury or death does not have to occur for somebody to prove that you were in danger, right? Typically, the law just requires that you thought you were in danger of serious bodily injury or death, okay? So, what that comes down to, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, head you in the face, right, is your ability to articulate without saying, I believed that I was in fear of imminent uh, injury or death. You don't quote shit like that, right? But it it comes down to your ability to articulate clearly first on scene, right? And the way you do it matters. Absolutely matters. And I'm not going to go into this, but what I will do is hint back. What, where are we? About an hour. When I mentioned that human beings were emotional creatures, used intellect to justify the emotion. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. If you get emotion, intellect, out of order between the statement you give on the scene or at the police station and the statement or the testimony you give in court, your ass is going to jail. Okay? So, um, that doesn't have to occur. What does have to happen is, but you see where we're going with this, right? All of this paints a picture, whether we're talking about from the psychology, psychiatry side, or... From the legal side, a fight is not self-defense. While you're ducking punches and trying not to get hit, and quote-unquote defending yourself, it is not a self-defense situation. It's not a survival situation. Okay? Unless you're in one of these freaking kumite matches in Southeast Asia, where <laughs> you could die, right? Um, yeah, no. Okay? Um but it's it's just not the same, right? So we have to be careful, okay, and we have to decide what are we? Okay? Who are we? What do we stand for? What are we aiming for? Okay I believe that a warrior has a little bit of both on each side, but the fighter the fighter energy, that kind of aspect. While there were assholes, okay, and while there were even Miyamoto Musashi, right, everybody glamorizes and stuff, right, the guy barely took a freaking bath, right, and he he didn't have a whole lot of other skills, sorry, he just didn't, no matter what people's fantasy is, okay, so his claim to fame was, right, you get to a certain level of skill and you get bored, right, I mean, you know, Certain part, at a certain point in his career, he stopped dueling with people with live blades, and he used Boken, which is why I believe in the modern world, most people believe that the Boken is an actual weapon. Well, it is to a fucking master swordsman who doesn't need to kill you with a blade. But for everybody else, no, it's a training tool. Okay, But, you know, uh, we're not going around seeking that kind of stuff out. Right, but the warrior puts it into other other things, right? That's why in, in the Bujinkan, we have this, this uh, saying, Koteki Ryoda, right? The tiger below, the dragon above, or our nin symbol, right, for ninja, right? Uh, it's two kanji brought together. One's the edge of a blade, the kisaki, kanji for kisaki. Some people say to, I know on the Stephen Hayes camp and whatnot, they use Toshin. and even Hatsumi Sensei's done that, But there's a little hash mark on there that that points to the edge, the the most dangerous part. And then the kanji for heart. Right. Your core. And when you when you look at those as two different sides to the same coin, to to the same person. It's like it's like looking at an Omyo doll. Right. Or the yin yang symbol. Uh, So what you have is one side is the martial aspects. And then there's skills for that. There's a mentality for that. There's there's uh, uh, soft skills, right? Not just beliefs and whatnot, but there's certain uh, types of knowledge and and uh, the way to apply the intellect and ways of control. And and then there, of course there's physical skills and weapons and all that, right? But the other side, the dragon realm or the the uh, the Shin, uh, uh, kokuro, right? The heart part of the nin kanji, right? Both of those represent skills necessary to be successful in the social setting, right? How do I be an accomplished artist, right? Be able to take care of my family financially. How do I be successful at whatever it is I'm doing, right? How can I be a good dad, father, husband? What, all these things that, you know, spells out success in society. Okay? You don't cross those two, but a lot of people do that, right? Martial arts is my life. Right? So right? Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna nobody's gonna fill in the blank. Right? Okay? So what they're trying to do is take the realm of the tiger, right? The realm of the um uh, the blade right you know that live by the sword die by the sword yeah the people that do that they're either in them in it all the time and soldiers and, and whatnot take that risk right it just but why are they out there right cops take that risk thugs take that risk right but again it's not the action it's the intent right um, but the quickest way to dying by the sword right is for that tiger to wander into society. Because while you may have wandered into a realm where 99.8% of people are in the sheep um, category, those sheep will gather (laughs) gather en masse. Or they've hired a couple of sheepdogs that will just freaking kill you. And if they don't kill you, they'll cage you. Okay? So the trick is, how can I be successful on both sides? Okay? But again what we're talking about here is right fighter versus uh, now what can what can really throw people off is that both the fighter and the self defense practitioner can be using many of the same skill sets okay. but i'm here to tell you based on my experience since starting on the self defense martial arts path in 1975 there is more brutal shit ton <laughs> by warriors or by self-defense practitioners, the skills and things, because anything goes. It's about survival, right? That is done by most people who are fighters. And it doesn't mean that they can't hit hard, they won't pound you into the ground, or whatever, right? But from that survival mechanism, as soon as we realize that, shit, this is going to go beyond just getting bruised, and I could die, eyeballs get popped, throats get crushed bodies get cut open that kind of thing right and all the glamour and fantasy goes away okay so um now i did want to bring something up to make sure that we're all clear on this because uh, i can see where a lot of people who watch this particular youtube short are not clear okay uh, and that's on both sides, right? The peacekeeper, right? That's excessive, man. You'd never do that, ever. Right? What kind of message are you sending to kids? Uh, well, if they're my kids or they're students that I'm responsible for, we've already covered this. Okay? But got your attention, didn't it? Got a bunch of people's attention. Okay? And guess what? They now look at my stuff. Okay. But there's a video that I have. There's two. One that I did um, was a defense against a roundhouse kick. Okay? And it I used a standing variation of a technique called ashidome, leg stop. Okay? It's in our curriculum, it's in the mudukon, whatever, right? Where you avoid a kick and you break the base leg out from under him. And all you really have to do is misalign it a little bit and the torque and body weight his knee will rip itself apart because it only takes sixty five pounds per square inch to blow out an adult knee. Okay? So um, but I just slipped to the inside, punched the side of the knee and everybody in their fricking brother who need to have a, you know, their roundhouse kick be the unbeatable thing all came out of the woodwork to tell me how much that was bullshit and all that. And what that do, it drove it to, we have well over 700,000 views on that. And we went, we went viral within what a week of mm-hmm. be we going out, James, something like yeah. that, which thank you very much to all the naysayers. I appreciate it. Okay. But um, in response to all the ones that were like, if I come at you with that, man, I'll fucking kill you. See, there's the thing, right? If I think somebody's just having an anger management moment, right, and I think I'm in a typical self-defense situation and threats that are not in line with I will maim you, I will kill you or whatever, just somebody trying to make a point, prove a point, whatever, right? then I got a a technique or three for that. But the moment I believe that I am in danger of serious bodily injury, maiming or death, he just opened the door for me to do technique number two, which is the defense against the roundhouse kick was... I pulled a clip knife, and when he threw the kick, I backed up and held the knife up so that his femoral artery passed over the blade. Okay? Now, what I have to have is a skill set that allows me to articulate in the court of law and hopefully evidence because somebody that fights that big has done other big things along the way. And if my rolling skills and all that kind of stuff are good, he's missed several times and made a big fucking show that everybody's going to see. Right? Okay? Leave evidence. Okay? Right? Not against you, for you. okay? So of course, everybody comes out of the, out of the woodwork. You know who didn't come out of the woodwork? Okay? All the ones who came out of the woodwork for that one were all the peace lovers who thought that I went way overboard. what kind of message you get at sending to kids, all that kind of stuff, right? The ones who didn't come out of the woodwork were the same ones who made comments on the first one. Because my intent with that video was to show them that no matter how fast they are and how powerful they are, there's something they're not considering. And that is that to throw that kick, everything from their groin to their ankle bone is a target that if I open up, they won't make it for another hour at best. Okay. So it was the intent. Okay. My job as a Mikyo teacher, as a self-protection teacher, is not just to teach moves. And this goes for any of my friends that are, or, or peers that are teachers. Okay. It's not just to teach moves. It's to expose students and potential students to situations, problems, and perspectives either on the danger side or on the response side, that they, one, have never thought of, two, possibly dismissed, or three, didn't know they didn't know. Because if I don't do that, well, how how am I different from any other boxing coach or any other coach or instructor who's just teaching somebody to fight the same way everybody else does, but better. I was taught that by some <laughs> Sensei a long time ago and my Mikyo teacher. The problem with egoistic thinking is everybody's trying to be like everybody else, but better. Everybody's trying to do it the same way everybody else is, but better, or faster, or stronger.
1: Okay?
0: You can't be different, and you can't it's kind of like the, the escape route that I have for getting my wife off of an airplane that happens to go down and we don't disintegrate with it. Besides all the other things that I do that have to do with trying to arrange to be as close to a bulkhead seat, to be behind the trailing edge of the wings and all that because of survivability, right? Um, everybody gets seats to be closest to the exits so they can get off faster. Right. Um, I don't give a shit. Okay? I schedule things so that those things happen. I'm concerned about what if this flying fucking tube falls out of the sky and I don't evaporate with it when it when it breaks apart. Okay? So um my our plan is always, right? I want a window seat. It's not to look out the damn window. All the clouds look the same at thirty thousand feet. Okay? It's because when everybody panics, they all move to the aisle, and then there's a freaking bottleneck in all directions with people trying to climb over each other, and you're not getting out. Okay? The passageway that's clear is along the wall over the seats because no one's trying to fight to get to the wall and the windows unless there's a portal. Okay? So, self-defense and survivor mindset focuses on desired outcomes that have nothing to do with winning or losing. Okay? Or little to do with winning or losing. Okay? The fighter, all the fighters, all the ingrained, hardwired, caveman, cavewoman Fight, flight, instinct on that plane in that moment will be fighting for aisle space to get to the door. And they will be trampling people to do it. From a survivor mindset, if I know that, then I take the, le- the road less traveled. Just like those of us who are working on enlightenment and all that kind of stuff. We take the road less traveled. Why? Because it's too much fucking hard work to do all that extra planning instead of just hoping that it doesn't happen. And then when it does, you respond like everybody else and hope that you're the bigger dude or dudette. Anyway, I'm going to stop beating a horse. I don't know if it's a dead horse or not. But anyway, James, who do we have? Hi to everybody that said hi. I'll respond later and click the like and comment back. But who's on? Who's on? What's up?
1: Looks like Looks Phil's gone. <laughs> Phil Jones. Who, Phil
0: Jones? Phil, Phil Jones. Jones, that Midwestern punk. He signed up for fall camp, so he's like official. He did. Awesome.
1: One of these years, might. I'm going
0: to get him on the plane to Japan with me. I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but hopefully, it'll be voluntarily on his side. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> Sorry, Phil. Anyway, what else do we have?
1: Uh, Dave Fletch is on, said, Howdy.
0: Dave Fletch, hey, dude. He hey, just thanks for the kind words you've been leaving on certain posts and whatnot. I appreciate it.
1: And he said he, he just picked up the blueprints right before the podcast began, I believe. He said, Oh,
0: wow. Oh.
1: Very nice layout and organization of the learning objectives.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, I'm repressed. <laughs> okay.
1: He said, I like to say if there are refs and raps, it's a game. If not, it's combat.
0: Okay. I'll accept that as an expedient.
1: And he also said, he remembers when they had a Tai Kai in Africa with the safari as part of the package. He wanted oh. to go to that one bad. What's that? He said he wanted to go to that one bad.
0: Oh. Awesome. It must have been during one of my military years, or some—I don't know. There were there were a lot of things that I wanted to do, but I had to pick and choose my my battles based on career track and whatever other things I was doing.
1: <clears throat> and Jason Reinhardt had a question: right to remain silent until I talk to my attorney. Don't say anything. Is this the proper way to handle things?
0: I'm going to tell you to be really cautious with that. I know that people use that a lot, okay? But you got to be careful because law enforcement tends to become almost immediately suspect as soon as you lawyer up. Now, if you lawyer up right out of the gate where they can't talk to you at all, all they have to go on are assumptions. So I will tell you to be cautious, but what you really need to be prepared for are leading questions, okay? Like, if they say, tell me what happened, what you can do is ask for time. And you do that by saying, I I can't think straight right now. Is is, is there any way that, like, we can do this tomorrow or whatever? I just, I can't think straight. I, I, you know, um... Whatever, right? I don't want to speak. I, I, I don't. Right? So, this is using the ninja's henso jutsu, disguise and impersonation. Okay? Even if you're not flustered, even if you're an ice cold sociopath, hopefully none of you are because I don't, I don't like to be associated with them or narcissists. Okay? Um, because they're single minded, self serving, and everybody else is a plaything. And I don't associate with those who don't play well with others. Okay. I'll be the only sociopath in the room. Thank you very much. You even do that with a straight face. <laughs> um, no, but if you if you if you um do the flustered route, okay, and you can't do George Sanford, right? Elizabeth, I'm coming. You can't do the fake uh, heart attack kind of thing, right? It has to look right. And you know, nothing says that more than like you know, just standing and staring, and just kind of. Looking around and looking like you can't process what they're saying, right? They have you have a seat, whatever, and you just you just you look like you're trying to figure out where the hell you are and who you are and what you're doing, right? Um, you need to buy time because if you haven't already done some work where. You've at least created a script or an outline of a script, right? You don't want to sound like you've, you're reciting a script, right? Um, even my guys that answer the phone at the dojo, right? That, that presentation that we have, right, where we're asking it from asking questions to get information and all that kind of stuff. And then we uh, present the information about the program. It's all scripted, right? But they're not allowed to use that. They're not allowed to speak on the phone or whatever. They pass it off to me or they take a name and number and whatnot. They're not allowed to do that until that presentation sounds like a conversation. Okay. So, but having an outline and having mentally rehearsed some things, how you would say things, so you can avoid, don't use words. You can, you know, you convey things well. Um unless you've done that you need to buy time because you're more likely to do that under the adrenal response no matter how clearly you think you're thinking okay Um, because what you say matters okay and it is it is it is critically imperative that no matter what your feelings, beliefs, political ideality, I don't give a shit what, no matter what it is, it is imperative that you sound remorseful or you sound lost. If you can't, bring yourself to, you know, whatever, right? And authentic, okay? Authentic, right? Because the longer somebody's a cop, the longer somebody's a DA, that means the more stories they've heard. Okay. So they don't have to have the same kind of training that I put myself through, right? Um, to do the whole neuro-linguistic parsing words and, and listening for inflective cues, facial microexpressions, all those kind of things, right? They get their their bullshit detector gets really keen. Okay. And they're looking at things the whole time. Okay? Which means they're looking at your hands. Where are the bruises? Where's the redness if it's not broken open? Is it on the knuckle side of your hand? Is it on the palm side of your hand or the edges of your hand? Okay. I covered this on Whiteboard Wednesday. It's a huge difference between aggressive wounds and defensive wounds. Okay. So you need to give yourself time. Okay. And then, um, you know, be be willing to give a statement. Everybody that's, you know, don't do that, man. I did that once and screwed myself over and, and they they fucked me. And uh, Dude, okay. Again, if you had a rap sheet before that that had to do with fights or assaults or whatever, guess what, right? While it's not fair that people judge me and people change and all that, well, okay, tough shit. Doesn't do, doesn't work that way, and in law enforcement it works that way even less. Okay? You left a trail of evidence that you're this type of person until they have significant evidence. I told, I used to tell my teenagers this. You keep doing this, this way. Right? Now you're gonna tell me that you're different. You've changed, right? You're 19, you're 20, right? And you're a different person. I don't see that. We get phone calls multiple times a week. Right? You made another bad decision. And here we are, right? Except we've already closed the bank on you, so now you're stressing even more because that's one more avenue that's cut off. But you're a different person. Sorry, I have years of evidence that keeps leading to this, and you keep making similar decisions. So I get it. You're stressed because you're worried you're in trouble, and it's more than a grounding, right? Because now you're a grown-up. You're exactly what you wanted to be, and now you get to test your bullshit that you used to throw on us, and I warned you. When you go out in the world, okay, life, specifically your life. This is not just the teenager. This is to all of us. Your life is a direct reflection of your ideology and your belief system. Life is that way. Life it, life is cold. It doesn't care. Right? It's all based on the law of karma, the law of cause and effect. The causes we put out are like fucking boomerangs. Eventually, they will come back. Okay? And sometimes, with even more force than you send them out. Okay? That's why in, in our Mikyo, we've got these eight areas of life that we maintain mindfulness of because they matter. Right? Livelihood is not just where you fucking live or what you do for for a, a living. It has to do with the way you conduct your relationships, right? Manage family, all that kind of stuff. How you communicate with others, right? How you live. Livelihood. I know in English that tends to what's your, what's his livelihood? How does he make a living? Right? Just generally about your job. Right? No. Okay. In the realm of livelihood. Right there's an old I think it's Chinese but I could be wrong right um, there's this old saying that the way you do anything is a really good indicator as to the way you do everything okay I don't know if that's true but okay. anyway so um, I again I'm, I'm not telling anybody to just like jump on lawyering up and stuff because as an ex federal cop if somebody lawyered up First question I ask, i a lawyer. What the fuck do you need a lawyer for? I thought you were just a witness. Right? Now, now we're going to pull out the toothbrushes and the fine tooth combs and all that kind of shit and we're going to figure out what the hell it is that, you know, you're that worried about right up front. And that's me. And I've gotten way over a lot of that mentality. Okay, so be careful. I I can't give you a dead set answer on that. But hopefully I've given you enough variables to to think about. Okay, This this police tend to think about somebody who lawyers up that quickly. Right. Um, The same way. um, There's a saying in in, uh, in the realm in the world of con artists. Right. You can't con an honest person. Right. Cons work. Because your mark is greedy, they want a big payoff for little to nothing put in, right? And so they're easy, right? You paint the right picture with the right bait, fucking steal them blind. That's how all these guys work, right? Everybody's like coming out of the woodwork, oh, he ripped me off too, and shit. Yeah, okay, but he didn't rip off any honest people. Because when he told his bullshit story, they went, eh, sounds too good to be true. I'll pass. Same reason I passed on every multi-level marketing thing that's come along or whatever. They may be great companies. May have been a great payoff. Well, the storyline to redo the recruiting? Nope. Not buying it. All right, what else we got, James? Uh,
1: Glenn's on. said he's listening in at work. He's
0: Glenn one Baker. Of new guys. Yes. Yeah, one of my new guys. Excellent. And
1: Jared okay. is on as well.
0: Jared? Okay, cool. Cool. And Jared's Phil, in please, that new program and he's in the Sanji Shichidobon program. Yes. There's another guy burning his candle from both ends. Don't burn your ass cheeks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: <laughs> Phil said he's hoping for next year.
0: Who? Phil? Phil He's hoping you're still alive for next year? Were are you talking about the Japan trip? He's talking about Japan. Okay, just checking. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was like gung-ho to go this year and stuff. Now life popped up, uh, two of them. So um, I'll be lucky if I have one or two people going with me.
1: And Jason said that all makes perfect sense.
0: Well, thanks for patronizing. I don't know if it made perfect sense, but... You must be tired and about to go to sleep. So just, I'll mess with you, dude. Calm, calm, right? <laughs> oh, <don't laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> and he'll know what I mean, right? Dude, sniff some of your deer urine, right? Have a good day. <laughs> huh, I think he's, I think, I, I don't know if he's are you still in with that company or selling that stuff. Anyway, that would make a great fucking self-defense tool. Holy shit. Or P, right? It's this bait stuff that he he's in with some friends and stuff that have this company. If you if you're a if you're a deer hunter or whatever, look up Jason Reinhardt. Maybe maybe he can help you out with this kind of stuff. But that's man, talk about acidic and whatnot. Holy cow. Man. He what, said what, it's uh, good stuff. Is, what's that?
1: He says it's good stuff.
0: Oh man, that that'll clear your sinuses faster than Vicks vapor rub. Holy cow. <laughs> wow. I don't know how you get all this deer to pee in a cup so you can put the lid on. I don't get it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> who else is on? <laughs> uh, this is like the blooper reel at the end of a freaking TV show. <laughs> what else?
1: Uh, he's, actually, he said it smells like money.
0: Not my money, dude. If I got money like that, I think I'd pass up on it. Or I'd be taken to the bank going, Can I swap this one? Okay. tweezers? That wouldn't be my fingers. That'd be me holding tweezers. Okay? Smells like money. Wow. <laughs> but that was it right now. Really? Wow. All right. Well, I don't want to talk to anybody else anyway. Kidding. I'm Kidding. Relax. Calm your jets. I know how easily... People are triggered these days. I would hope not the warriors, but I've seen my fair share of that, too. These fuckers will get online and want to start setting up. You fly to me, man. I'll fuck you up. Seriously? I'm supposed to fly to you? So you (laughs) okay. I'm not even meeting you in the middle. Shit. Which is really funny, right? Two ninja threatening each other like they're thugs. Right? Jesus Christ, if I wanted to kill somebody, there'd be no evidence. I certainly wouldn't be talking smack about it all over the frickin' internet. Well, we erased it. Yeah, no, it's on servers all over the place, dude. Just because. Those of you who know, right? The erasure software, unless you get that stuff that's illegal, that is government grade, military grade, that does like five or whatever, 12 passes over your frickin' drive. It all it does is frickin' scramble things a little bit, right? There's entire forensic departments in state and federal police departments that their job is to run other software that puts your shit back together again. Shit, I have no skill. I had somebody working for me one time that should be working part time, right? Getting nothing done, expecting a paycheck. Pissed off at one point, went in on the weekend. Actually, what pissed me off was I just was kind of suspect, so, and she was using the front desk computer, so it wasn't like it was hers, right? It was mine. I went and brought up the browser, and the history was cleared. We never clear a history, right? The dojo computer, the front desk computer, goes to the tuition billing company, goes to the bank. Goes to the three vendors we use for ordering things and maybe Google for a couple of searches here or there for things, right? We never clear it. Unless there's a, unless there's a, like an update for it or whatever and it does it automatically. What the hell, right? There's only one reason why somebody clears the history. Right? Just like, boy, her up too soon, right? Okay? So, then they also cleared out the temporary internet files. Sounds good, right? Except there's two other places that I knew of. Somebody told me there's three or four. There's two other places that I called up those directories, and there were all the photos that the sites that are visited get downloaded. That wasn't porn or anything, right? It was Facebook and stuff like that, right? That get put on your system by default, so that the next time you visit the same site, The site loads faster. That's what allows the site to load faster. If you ever notice when you clean your directories or you clean your your cookies and your your browsing history and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, The next time you go to a similar site or to go back to the same site, it takes a little bit longer to load, right? So here are all these things, and they're all time date stamped for the moment from the moment they hit the computer, and they all matched like nonstop from her start time to her end time. And I brought that up right in front of her. I said, well, "Why would this be clear? Oh, I don't know. Huh? Temporary internet files. Are we are using it that much that? Well, it gets used a lot. Okay, all right. Well, I'll give you that one. But check this out. Check this one out. Look at the time date stamps. I don't know these people. I don't know any of you. And That's when she froze. And that's when I said." send you your check don't wait, leave now don't even change keep the uniform All right. there's something in the corporate realm that most people don't get, don't get dinged for and that's theft of assets and theft of time right. my grandmother was right The worst thing that ever happened was they switched from a productivity based time or productivity based pay scale to a time based. And then people thought that they got paid regardless of how much they did during the time that they were there because I'm getting paid for eight hours. I don't give a shit, which speaks to character, not quality of work. I don't give a shit how good you are at the skill you do. If that's your character, you don't get to work for me. You don't even get to be in my circle. Okay, that's a whole different type of mentality. All right, anybody else? We done? We good? Do you have anything to throw on top of this pile?
1: No. No. Oh, he was.
0: He he went to a he went to, he went to a university level conference last week, and then came back and told me he could have like not gone because these people were these were brand new initiatives doing things that we've been teaching um, on for how long
1: <laughs> yeah i said they were, this was. this was like it was new and i was it, like, this is like new based down. on the
0: newest studies and yeah this is over 2500 years old but thanks for playing you got a paycheck right anyway I love going to things like that. Just like going to the mall when it's really, really busy. It's like a people zoo. Mm. You want to learn about psychology and response and, and everything from head down, not looking, to oblivious, to whatever, and get a handle on that. And just go someplace where you can just watch the experiment play out. One of the first lessons I got as a a new ninjutsu student was become a people watcher. You will learn everything from psychology and sociology kind of things all the way to physiological response to impact at certain points of the body. People are walking down through the mall, bump into each other. They can apologize, but if you watch, boom. How the body's moved when that happened, right? Somebody's walking along not paying attention and runs their shin into a frickin' low bench or something, right? You watch that shin stop and slightly buckle backwards, but the upper third of the body fly forward and that moral response happen? Oh, dude, that's worth more than any tuition you could pay for. Right? Because we typically don't simulate to that degree in the dojo somebody just walking along not paying attention and at speed run into an immovable object, you will know why certain techniques where you stop their shin from moving, why you can grab their eye sockets or why you can punch them right in the face and not have to worry about anything else. Yeah, well, what if he stops you? His fucking arms are out to the side because he, he's doing this thing to stop himself. Okay? But again, difference in mentality. Because most people... Think about self-defense like fighting, and so, therefore, they go learn fight techniques. Self-defense is a study of how to shut a human body down as quickly and effectively and efficiently as possible. Fighting is how to get somebody to give up. doesn't matter if they're unconscious or they've tapped out or whatever, right? Fighting is about dominance, self-defense is about survival one is about ego one is not about ego. okay all right that's it that's all i got so i don't know what we're covering next week but i'm sure i don't know if you let me talk long enough it might be interesting anyway (laughs) Anyway. all right so uh for those of you care right i'm going to send out an email here shortly um we loaded up the first couple of techniques that are, for, we're loading up techniques. The techniques are going out, recorded techniques are going out three or lessons are going out three times a week, right. In the new program, uh, we're redoing our foundations of uh, ninja self-defense mastery, which is actually our module one of five modules leading from white belt to black belt. But I think it's one of the most important ones because it handles um, the techniques and stuff that we give people in there handle 95 to 98% of the attacks that happen that, are easily handled by what we consider to be basics and lays a solid foundation based on principles and concepts that then moving forward, we can start looking at worse dangers, more uh, and better trained assailants, those kind of things, right? Um, But we're we're loading those things up. uh, So they'll be available to those, those of you guys who are signed up for it. Uh, but I am closing the door on this group. And this group is getting live training. We just had our first uh, live training slash Q&A, which is a virtual class right from the dojo during class. Um just had our first one tonight. Uh, that's included. There's uh an audio coaching call, um, one per week, which reminds me we need to get answers from uh, the people that are signed up on whether they want me based on their schedule. Are they in the Tuesday group or the Friday group? Um, So you do that. Uh, and then, uh, a a ton of stuff, right? And, uh, I threw in a whole bunch of extra programs. And one of the, one of the programs I I threw in was something I did for my inner circle guys, which goes into that thing we talked about earlier. How to stay out of jail in the process of defending yourself. Okay. That's just one of the bonuses, right? Um, another one was, uh, uh, being the protector, right? There was a whole bunch of key things for that. Uh, there is a five day Kickstarter. It was a completely separate course that I did a while back. And that one includes, uh, lessons on how to create a training space when you don't have any space, uh, all kinds of stuff, right? How to lay a good solid foundation for success so that you're not the thing that gets in your own way. Right. Um, because again, if I'm just another guy teaching the same freaking moves that everybody else does, shit, you don't need any of us. You can just go to YouTube. Right? But how do you translate it? Right? And what about all these other things that absolutely fucking matter that nobody's talking about? Nobody's giving any kind of uh anything more than lip service to. Okay. So, anyway, um let's see, what time is it? Uh it's ten oh four Eastern time, uh so hour and a half. I'm shutting that shutting that one down because I want to be able to give uh one on one help to uh the folks that are uh um, in it and that's going to take extra work. I mean, James and I are shooting video uh, for those lessons. Plus we've got all the technical stuff in the background and everything. So if you want in, um, this is your pretty much your last chance. So find one of those emails or what is it? It's online ninja forward slash foundations. There's a hyphen between each word, right? There's a dash between each word foundations of, is it foundations of ninja self-defense Or is it Foundations of Self-Defense? I just know that it ends with a program that ends with M1. (laughs) What is it? I probably have it here. Got it. I got it. It's OnlineNinjaAcademy.com forward slash Foundations of Ninja Self-Defense M1. So there's a dash between each word beginning with foundation. So foundation, dash of, dash ninja, dash self, dash defense, dash M1. I know it's long, but it's worth it. So, um, but I just, did, uh, was it yesterday or the day before? Um, I just added a weekly tuition rate for those who, uh, even the monthly breakdown is too much and the paid full is too much. So um, I can't make it easier. And I won't. Okay, so, anyway, that's it. That's all I got. So, if uh, James, if you don't have anything else, is there anything I'm forgetting? Fall camp, October 13th to the 15th, yes? Yes. Japan recap, unless something major happens and I don't make it to Japan, in which case I'll have to figure out a theme. But at the moment, it's uh, the theme is Japan recap, and since I don't know what I'll be learning from the new Soke, slash master instructors over there. I don't know what to put on the thing other than Japan recap, right? I'll share some of the lessons um, that I learned, right? Uh, and then our Comio Sai, our yearly New Year's kickoff thing is, I think, January 5th to the 7th, 5th, 6th, and 7th, of 2024. So it's a free, always the first weekend right after the New Year's holiday. So, and so, yeah, uh, that's it. Okay, and we have way more programs that we're relaunching and doing other stuff and whatnot, so hopefully we'll hit something that, uh, that uh, you may be interested in. I know my Sanji Chichi guys, their classes run out here in a couple of weeks. Uh, I think they've got three, three or four classes left, and uh, several of them are asking because um, the first seven steps on the path of a Buddha course is pre recorded. I did that years ago. Um, but they're asking right now if I could relaunch that one and do it as a live training, again, like I did this one. So um, maybe, either that or Ninja Mind. Um, Some people want Ninja no Hachimon, whatever. These are really popular courses, which is really funny. Uh, Did you see the one post by uh, the one guy when I I posted the um, why am I upgrading or updating the uh, foundations course? And he said, because nobody's buying it. Which is really funny. Oh, that's a that's an upcoming topic. People that do that, right, um, that can't control themselves. But it, how you, how difficult is it for me to click on their name to see who this person is? And then I find out that they're a senior financial advisor that I'm supposed to trust you with your money with, but you're an asshole to people. So um, professional or not professional? Which, which is it? Okay. So, um, anyway, so no, it's not because, right, we're updating it because we want to serve people better and because it's freaking popular. Why would we spend all this time, effort, and energy on a program that's not selling when we should focus on the ones that people are enrolling in, and we want to make sure that one stays up to date and and top of the line? I mean, crap, this is a lot. In, it's a lot of freaking work in the background, right? But, you know, it's just a teacher. All, he, all he's doing is teaching. Yeah. Okay, so that's somebody who just like shows up and shows off and gets to feel like they're in charge and goes home? Okay. And I hope that's nobody that I'm associated with instructor-wise because we have a heavy responsibility. And sometimes it's a friggin' burden. Okay. And not just because of the teaching, not just because of all the classes. Because if we teach the wrong things to the wrong person who is not responsible or mature or whatever we are complicit in the damage they cause. Or if we teach something that they're not ready for and they quit and go off to either tic-tac-do or they go and just decide that martial arts or self-defense is just not right for them, right? Well, shit, we did them no service. Okay? These are the things that are top of mind for me all the time. Anyway, that's it. That's all I got. I'll talk to everybody again next time. Get more of Kuden Radio, subscribe through your favorite podcasting site, or join our clan of serious modern warriors at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com.